talk in terms of your listeners' interests. That is exactly what Dr. Conwell did. He made a point of working into his lecture, plenty of local allusions and examples. His audiences were interested because his talk concerned them, their interests, their problems. This linkage with what your hearers are most interested in, namely themselves, will ensure attention and guarantee that the lines of communication will remain open. Eric Johnston, former head of the United States Chamber of Commerce and now president of the Motion Picture Association, uses this technique in almost every talk he gives. Note how resourcefully he employed local interests in a commencement address at the University of Oklahoma. You Oklahomans are well acquainted with goose pimple peddlers. You don't have to think back too far to remember when they were writing Oklahoma off the books as a hopeless risk forever. Why, in the 1930s, all the ravens of despair were telling the crows to bypass Oklahoma unless they could pack along their own virgins. They consigned Oklahoma to an everlasting future as part of a new American desert. Nothing would ever bloom again, they said, but in the 1940s, Oklahoma was a garden spot and the toast of Broadway. For once again, there was a waving wheat that sure smells sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. In one short decade, the dust bowl was smothered with corn stalks as high as the elephant's eye. Here was a payoff for faith and calculated risk. But it is always possible to see our own times in better perspective against the backdrop of yesterday. So I looked up the files of the Dale Oklahoman for the spring of 1901 in preparation for my visit here. I wanted to sample the flavor of life in the territory 50 years ago. And what did I discover? Why, I found the big accent was all on Oklahoma's future. The big stress was on hope. Here is an excellent example of talking in terms of audience interest. Eric Johnston used instances of calculated risk right out of his listeners' backyards. He made them feel that his talk was no mimeographed copy. It was freshly created for them. No audience can withhold attention from a speaker who talks in its interests. Ask yourself, how knowledge of your subject will help the members of your audience solve their problems and achieve their goals. Then, proceed to show them that and you will have their complete attention. If you are an accountant and you start your talk by saying something like this, I am going to show you how to save from $50 to $100 on your tax return. Or you are a lawyer and you tell your listeners how to go about making a will, you will be certain to have an interested audience. Surely there is some topic in your special fund of knowledge that can be of real help to members of your audience. When asked what interests people, Lord Northcliffe, the William Randolph Hearst of British journalism, replied, themselves. He built a newspaper empire on that single truth. In Mind in the Making, James Harvey Robinson describes reverie as a spontaneous and favorite kind of thinking. He goes on to say that, in reverie, we allow our ideas to take their own course, and this course is determined by our hopes and fears, our spontaneous desires, their fulfillment or frustration, by our likes and dislikes, our loves, hates, and resentments. There is nothing so interesting to ourselves as ourselves. 
Harold Dwight of Philadelphia made an extraordinarily successful talk at a banquet which marked the final session of our course. He talked about each person in turn around the entire table, how he had spoken when the course started, how he had improved. He recalled the talks various members had made, the subjects they had discussed. He mimicked some of them, exaggerated their peculiarities, had everyone laughing, had everyone pleased. With such material, he could not possibly have failed. It was absolutely ideal. No other topic under the blue dome of heaven would have so interested that group. Mr. Dwight knew how to handle human nature. Some years ago, I wrote a series of articles for the American Magazine, and I had the opportunity of talking with John Siddle, who was then in charge of the Interesting People Department. People are selfish, he said. They are interested chiefly in themselves. They are not very much concerned about whether the government should own the railroads, but they do want to know how to get ahead, how to draw more salary, how to keep healthy. If I were editor of this magazine, he went on, I would tell them how to take care of their teeth, how to take baths, how to keep cool in the summer, how to get a position, how to handle employees, how to buy homes, how to remember, how to avoid grammatical error, and so on. People are always interested in human interest stories, so I would have some rich man tell how he made a million in real estate. I would get prominent bankers and presidents of various corporations to tell the stories of how they battle their ways up from the ranks to power and wealth. Shortly after that, Siddle was made editor. The magazine then had a small circulation. Siddle did just what he said he would do. The response? It was overwhelming. The circulation figures climbed up to 200,000, 3, 4, half a million. Here was something the public wanted. Soon, a million people a month were buying it, then a million and a half. Finally, two million. It did not stop there, but continued to grow for many years. Siddle appealed to the self-interests of his readers. The next time you face an audience, visualize them as eager to hear what you have to say, as long as it applies to them. Speakers who fail to take this essential egocentricity of their listeners into account are apt to find themselves facing a restless audience, one squirming boredom, glancing at wristwatches, and looking hopefully toward the exit doors.